The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good afternoon, good evening, welcome to the 1080 Podcast, episode number 38. My name is Officer Y. Today's show is going to be with Books Behind the Badge, and my guest today is Brady Tucker, the runner of that page. Before we get too far into the episode, I just want to give a shout out to Street Cop Training, streetcop.com. If you have not checked out Street Cop Training, you need to do so, and I'm going to tell you why. Street Cop Training is is revolutionizing, sure, that's a word, uh, law enforcement and law enforcement training. It is owned by Dennis Benino, who is the lead instructor, and of course he has a myriad of different instructors teaching a myriad of different topics, and you do not want to miss out about it. Um, Beyond all else, um, street cop training is a family. And the people that are part of that community, um, you know, we, we work together, we share trainings, we tra- tra- uh, share techniques and tactics, and we just make for a better, safer police community. You guys want to check it out. If you want to be part of the community, you have to go on Facebook, you have to go to the Street Cop LEO only um, Insta- uh, Facebook page. It's also an Instagram, but the community is on Facebook. Uh, provide some proof that you are truly a law enforcement officer, and uh, they will get you in there. Guys, you definitely don't want to miss out on anything that Street Cop may be having, so go to the Street Cop page, go to their website, look up the trainings, and get your ass in the seats. And, of course, they have the Street Cop Conference coming to Atlantic City, New Jersey in October 2021 with a bunch of keynote speakers including all of their lead instructors. Absolutely amazing. You don't want to miss it. Street Cop Training. How is everyone doing today? I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is staying safe. It has been a, uh, a trying week for me. Can't really get into it, but uh, just to kind of uh, gloss over it real quick. Uh, rough rough couple days for Central Florida law enforcement. That's really all I can say right now. Um, if you guys have been paying attention to anywhere on social media, you already know what's going on. So um, I'll say one other thing about that as we close. Uh, today's episode 
is about uh, a couple things. Brady, he runs Books Behind the Badge, which is an Instagram page and a podcast. He is a um, new law enforcement officer as he is uh, in the police academy right now. But he also has military experience. So that's what our conversation is today. Uh, like I said, I've got a lot going on. This episode is being released uh, a day late because of everything going on in uh, my personal and professional life. So bear with me, guys. The interview is great, though, so stay tuned. It's uh, it's coming up right now, guys. So enjoy it and uh, stay tuned after it, and I'll have uh, a few final thoughts. Here we go. My interview with Mr. Brady Tucker. week is Brady Tucker. Uh, Brady, uh, you know what? I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, go ahead, say who you are, what you do, and all that crap, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure, man. Um, so currently, I'm in the police academy. Uh, I got hired on as a deputy in Nebraska. Uh, I run the Books Behind the Badge page, which I created a little over a year ago. Basically, I saw an area um, lacking, I guess, on Instagram. There's a lot of book pages, but I wanted to tailor one specifically for first responders. And um, obviously we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes of that later, but just a little bit about my background prior to where I am now. Uh, I was in the Air Force for six years. Uh, after that, I got out, did a little contract work for the Marshall Service while I went to college and got my degree. And here I am, man. Awesome. Awesome. How are things in Nebraska? Uh, not too bad. Uh, as far as like COVID and stuff goes, everything's kind of started to open back up and, and relax a lot. So to me, that's convenient. Uh, yeah, I can start, yeah. you know, back into training and, and get back, back to, to like living. A normal life. Yeah. 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 I was thinking like when you said Nebraska, I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I know anybody from Nebraska. Like that's just one of the states like people tend to forget about like that Arkansas, like you know, those middle Midwest states, they're just like, oh, that's still a thing. Oh, dude, absolutely. And I should divulge, I'm not actually from Nebraska. I'm from Texas. Uh, okay. The Air Force brought me here. And when I got orders here, I'm like, dude, where the hell is Nebraska? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like, uh, I don't know, it reminds me of that scene from uh, Field of Dreams where it's like, who's going to come to Iowa? Like, you know, it's just one of those states. Like, so yeah, that's it's a, cool. It's a, it's a flyby state for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It, now I want to I want to go visit Nebraska just because why not? Knock it off yeah. the bucket list. Here I am. We'll have a beer. There you go. Um, so you were in the Air Force for six years. What did you do in the Air Force? Uh, I was security forces, layman's term, uh, military police. So. Okay. Okay. So you have you. So prior to stateside policing, you had the, the military policing side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little okay. bit of everything. 
dispatching, flight line stuff, patrol. It's a hodgepodge mix of all kinds of stuff, I guess. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's dive into Books Behind the Badge. Um, so you started that over a year ago. Yeah, so initially it wasn't even – it wasn't Books Behind the Badge. Initially I was posting books on my personal page, and I actually had friends and uh, you know close acquaintances and stuff that were reaching out saying, hey, I read these books that you're posting. You know, Keep posting them. So I'm like – you know, if my friends are getting something out of this, why not create a public page uh, specifically for books? So what I did was actually got a few friends together and we created a book club. Mm-hmm. And initially it was the Be Better Book Club. Uh, and that went well uh, for what it was, I guess, initially. But I just somewhere along the line, a few months in, got this idea for Books Behind the Badge. And I was like, I want to push through with that. So I did. And, uh, ever since then, I mean, it's, it's taken off, you know, slowly, but surely. And I do have a, a dedicated following for it. And I think a lot of people other than just my close friends are, are getting something out of, you know, the books mm-hmm. that I'm reviewing and promoting and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how did the whole like love of books start? Like, were you just that kid in high school that read a book like every day or what was it? Uh, I was, I was kind of, I guess, uh, a, a nerd in that aspect. I did. I read a lot growing up. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, you know, I wasn't always the greatest kid in the world. I got kind of a troublemaker, but mm-hmm. I got to the point where at one time my parents couldn't ground me from doing anything else. So they just had to ground me from reading because that's all I would do. Oh, wow. That's funny. So you kind of did that when you were in exile. That's, that's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Do you have like a favorite book from growing up that like really facilitated your love of books? One of the f- it's definitely not the first book I read, but I mean, Goosebumps. But one of the first books that I read that was more of an adult book that still to this day, I've read it like four times. It's uh, Earth Abides. It is like a sci-fi post-apocalyptic type book. Uh, I don't know what it is about it, but I love I love the book. I love the genre Mm -hmm. of that. And um, it's not the typical book that I would read today. Today, I read a lot of nonfiction and obviously. Right. I um. So when I was in school. I was in like honors English classes and and whatever, but I was so lazy. Like I loved English more, more from like a writing side, but you know, in high school, so lazy. I remember I was in honors English my freshman year and my teacher was cool. So he like motivated me to keep going, but I, I didn't really read the books and I just kind of sparked note my way through Um, my sophomore year. My English teacher, like it caught up to me, my being lazy, not reading, you know, spark noting uh, caught up to me and I was failing. It was the first time I was ever failing a high school class. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like super good in school cause I was lazy, but you know, I, you know, I C's get degrees, but my English teacher like sat me down and she's like, you are going to fail this class period. And I, it, that, that was like jarring to me, like, which is weird. Cause kids nowadays they're like, Oh, fail a class. Who gives a shit? But for me, that was a big deal. So I like switched everything around. I started reading the books and the first, one of the first books that really I actually read was To Kill a Mockingbird, which mm-hmm. to this day is one of my favorite books. Like I could, I could just read that front to back and it's, it's a shame that it's being banned and you can't read it in school anymore. Um, so it was that like on my list of like favorite books, a lot of them, at least for the fiction ones come from that sophomore year English class. Cause they were just like, they opened the door, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that Grapes of Wrath uh great gatsby like those like turn of the like century fahrenheit, fahrenheit 451 right right all those all those like you know turn of the century high school books but they're they're good books 
and like you said, now I'm much more uh, into the nonfiction, the philosophy, the the self help things like that, um, which is actually kind of where we started talking because you uh, are in this uh, like niche of a niche uh, with like the stoic law enforcement side, right? Because we we kind of mm-hmm. bonded over meditation. So how did that? How did like you get into that side of it? Yeah, honestly, I'd never even. I don't. I don't really know. I'd never even heard. I didn't even know what stoicism was. Right. And then I, as soon as I started kind of browsing through like the so-called bookstagram, because first of all, I haven't even been on Instagram that long. Like I've had Mm -hmm. a personal one for two years, maybe a little bit longer, but I just started seeing books about Marcus Aurelius and uh, other stoicism related books and kind of caught my attention. And after reading obviously that book and then the stoic caught by Bill Morrow uh, and, and some other like, like-minded books, uh, I came to realize that actually a lot of nonfiction books that aren't even stoic related have a lot of stoic philosophy from them. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think that honestly, like the backbone of self-help in like, you know, that realm of books is, is stoicism, frankly. Yeah, for sure. So how I found Marcus Aurelius was, um, I had a jujitsu instructor who I was going through a rough time, like, during FTO and he showed me, um, Ryan holiday. And so I started reading that and it just kind of went from there, but also I was reading like Malcolm Gladwell and stuff like that. Like you said, all kind of built into this stoic storytelling almost because it's not, you know, it's not the, the source material, but it's, they're kind of twisting the words and making it fit their narrative. Mm. Um, so what, as far as books behind the badge, where does it stand now? Like what have you done with it? Still up and running? Yes, yeah, still up and running. Um, it's slowed down obviously a lot because I am in the academy right now. So that has taken a lot of my attention and my focus is passing the classes, passing the test and, and yeah. obviously being, being present. But I mean, initially when I started it, man, it was, I had no idea where it was going. I really had no idea like what I was doing with it. I just kind of was winging it. And as time has progressed and as I've made these connections with these different people that, you know, I've had on my podcast, it, I've come to realize like just the benefit, what I thought was a benefit of reading for me and why other people should read, uh, you know, add also X amount of reasons like uh, Nako Nolan, he he reads, he says it's great for decompression, which I never even thought about that mm-hmm. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. to me, the overall goal behind it. And I guess I should revert a little bit back to what you were saying when you were failing class, I failed a lot. And quite frankly, even in college, I didn't do that great in college. Uh, mm-hmm. I passed, I got a degree to me. I didn't learn that much to me. I was right, learning yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was learning a lot from the books that I was personally selecting and reading and I got more joy out of it. I learned more from it. And I think that's not the way to go for everybody, but for somebody like me and a lot of other people, that is the way to go because, you know, you, you get these people, first responders specifically that, you know, oh, I passed the academy. Um, I'm done learning. Mm. Or I got my de- I got my degree. I'm done learning. Like, that's it. And I think that's a bad outlook to have. So I think my overall mission was, hey, like, keep learning. It mm. never ends. Yeah, I um part of my background is I wanted to be a teacher at one point. And one of the reasons I stopped that plan and that mission was because I, I was, I lost faith in the school system flat out. Like Mm. I, I sat, I was doing some student teaching. Actually it was just observing. I didn't even get the student teaching, but the, I wanted to be a history teacher and the history teacher that I was 
shadowing didn't teach he literally like gave a lesson which was really like the the intro to the worksheet he was about to pass out which was not even reading comprehension because it was an open book thing you just hey it was busy work it was hey fill fill out this sheet and i was like we're not learning or the generation now isn't learning and like you said i was starting to figure out like did i learn anything because to learn something means like you don't forget it like Mm You know, a lesson you learned in school, you should still be able to recall that information. Just like when we learn laws in the academy, like that's learning, it's knowledge, it's it's in your system now, which of course repeti- repetition, sorry, helps with that. But, you know, like my niece was saying, oh, we learned this, this, this in school. I was like, oh, okay, tell me about it. She goes, oh, I don't know it. Well, then you didn't learn. Like That means you memorized it for the test, but you didn't learn it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so frustrating. And I, and to your point, like our profession and just first responders in general, um, you know, we need to constantly learn. We need to constantly get better. We need to constantly practice and not just practice at the range or on a DT lab or something like that. Knowledge, like brain knowledge is so important. And that's why, you know, I always promote outside trainings and things like that, but you're so right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the books that you've shared it's kind of, there's kind of like a myriad of things that you share, you know, it's not just one topic. And I think that's the benefit that I've gotten out of your page is like, it's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing too, man, you can't get locked in this echo chamber of yes. only honing in on one thing. Like, I think obviously everybody has their little niche that they, they hone in on, obviously, especially in the career field, you can't do everything right. Mm-hmm. Find, find what you like do that but you also need to keep up to date with you know at least a surface level of a a plethora of other things just to be medium speed medium drag i guess sure yeah absolutely i i posted on my instagram a while ago probably like a month or two ago i said what is it better to be a jack of all trades so jack of all trades master of none or the exact opposite should you be really good at one thing or kind of good at a lot of things what's your take on that what do you think i mean i think kind of good at a lot of things honestly i think it's Mm. I think it's unreasonable to expect somebody to be like perfect at one thing. It's, it doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think that if you neglect area, other areas of your life, I mean, it's like the kid in school, I guess it's like, Oh, really, really good at math, but then is super awkward and doesn't know how to talk to people. It's, yeah. you know, kind of balance it out a little, you know? Yep. And I think that's what it comes down to with everything is just this balance. You know, you need to have balance. And I talked about this last week with uh jujitsu five Oh, it's like, you need a balance with your life. You can't just be focused on, you know, I, I use Jocko and those kind of guys as a example. You can't just be like, Oh, pure masculinity. And that's all I care about. Okay. St- hold on a second. Like, let's take a step back. Like, you know, what do you enjoy besides, you know, yelling at a screen on, on Instagram or, or whatever, you know, but um, I think you're right. I think, that's how we get well-rounded. Like, like you said, you're going to have your specialty. You're going to be like, man, I really prefer this, but it's so important to be so broad and just like, we'll talk about policing. Like, yeah, I really like working dope, but I also know how to do this, 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 mm-hmm. this. And then suddenly your value as a, as a worker goes up because your, your boss isn't like, oh, well, you know, this is a DUI so that the drug guy can't help me with that. Well, no, like you, you definitely can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that was just kind of part of the mission too, is you see, I mean, 
I'm sure you have seen it. You see an older generation or an older cop or an older first responder or honestly an older person in any career field period that just gets stuck in this, Mm. like, this is the way I was taught. This is the way it is. But the reality of the world that we live in is that everything changes. Everything's fluid. Society changes every couple decades, every decade, really. I mean, every generation society's changing. Tactics are changing. Laws are changing. Uh, the type of drugs people are using is changing everything and you have to adapt if you don't adapt i mean if you're not moving forward you're moving you're gonna get left behind yeah yeah to be cliche yeah yeah for sure uh i was thinking when you were saying that and you're gonna know the quote better than i because you're still in the academy and i'm sure they drilled it in your head but there's a supreme court ruling can't remember which one which is bad but I know, I know, I know the data. I just don't know the quote. But something about police work is rapid evolving and ever changing, and that, like, that always is in my head. Every time, like, someone's like, "Oh, well, that, yeah, the 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 dying words of policing—that's the way we've always done it." Like, no, mm-hmm. go back to the Supreme Court hearing or ruling where it said, "No, police work is rapidly changing and ever evolving," and that, you know, we talk about policing, obviously, but like you said, can be applied anywhere in the, in the world, any, any career field, any walk of life. And it's, I I think it's just so important and reading definitely helps with that. Like I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very visual guy. Uh, I prefer movies and stuff and documentaries like that, but there's some different value that comes out of reading. And I mean, reading, not listening to an audiobook. reading Mm -hmm. the actual physical copy in your hands. Yes. Like, and I, I enjoy podcasts, obviously, um, but I can't listen to audiobooks. My mind just wanders too much, and I don't focus on it. And I don't take in, but the art, or not art, but the action of sitting there with a book and reading through it—totally different experience. And you actually, to me, absorb the information. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. And I think I'm—I've only listened to a few audiobooks that I actually enjoyed, which was like Matthew McConaughey's book, but that's because he narrated himself yeah, and same yeah. with Goggins. Goggins was, you know, in the book. So it, mm-hmm. it felt more personal, but other than that, it's hard to listen to books, dude. I don't know how people do it. No, my dad used to do it all the time, but my dad, when he retired as a cop, he was a private investigator. So he would just sit in a car for eight hours a day surveilling on somebody. So yeah, he had nothing else going on and he could just kind of focus, but not focus at the same time. But I'm sure if I asked him, I was like, Hey, what happened in this book? Could he really tell me or was it just something to, you know, break up the dead, dead noise? So what, what books are you enjoying reading now? I mean, like you said, man, I'm still reading quite a plethora of different books. Um, I kind of go through phases. So it's like a few years ago, I was really into like uh, evolutionary psychology type books. Uh, And then it's just kind of progressed into the point where I'm at now. It's like this, I don't want to sound like a, a, you know, cocky or whatever, because Mm -hmm. I'm getting free books. Uh, something that I didn't expect out of this. People want me to like, they'll send me their books. Hey, can you read my books? Promote it. So honestly, at this point, I'm I'm usually just helping other people out. Um, mm. They'll send me a book. I'll read it, review it, promote it. Um, so I'm reading a lot of police books, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Getting ready to start one by Michael Gilpass, I believe his name is. It's called Taming the Serpent, How Neuroscience Can Change the Policing Through Training, something along that lines. Uh, okay. Looks Looks super interesting, but yeah, right now I'm reading a lot of uh, a lot of policing type books. A few months yeah. ago, it was mostly self help esque type books. Yeah, yeah, I've got an ever growing mountain on my coffee table of books I need to read, and just with the amount of, that I work, 
I haven't been able to, to crack into it and I, I'm kicking myself every time I don't, but you know, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. So how long have you been in the police academy? I just finished my seventh week. So. Okay. Okay. So you, like, and, and how many weeks is it? I got eight more to go, I believe. Okay. So you're like right in the middle of it. Yeah. It's like a 15 week academy. Okay. So how are you enjoying it? Uh, the first month, the first month was super stressful. It was all the legal, uh, constitutional law, arrest, search and seizure and all that stuff. And my God, dude, the, the guy who teaches those courses, he's a lawyer. He writes the mm. tests and everything. Those two tests that I took for that legal side were the hardest test I've ever taken in my life. Any test in the military through college, nothing even compared. Wow. Thankfully I passed in both first try. Uh, didn't need any remediation or anything like that, but they were intense. Uh, yeah. Now that that's now that that's out of the way, I'm kind of having fun, man. We were on the range two weeks ago. Uh, this whole last week was Evox, so we just got to drive fast and have fun. So, mm-hmm. so uh, in in Nebraska, well, maybe not all Nebraska, but where you are, is it a living academy or is it like you go in for the day and you go home? Yeah, it's a living. Um, there's a few academies in the area, so you have like your main academy. Then you've got Omaha has their own academy. Lincoln has their own academy. And then there's like a metro Omaha metro area academy that all the little metro areas will go to. Um, I'm going to the main academy. It's live-in. Usually you can leave campus at the end of class to go eat dinner and stuff. But because like COVID is apparently still a thing, even though the whole city has opened up, <laughs> uh, we still can't leave until Friday. And then we come back Sunday. Okay. Okay. So you still have your weekends to decompress and get away from everybody yeah um it's a quick turnaround though man i gotta drive home i get about a day and a half and then i'm driving back yeah yeah Uh, i had a buddy who I i went to the academy with and then he worked at my agency for a minute and then went out to fhp and he had to do their academy and it was the same thing where you're there during the week, but you get to come home and he had the same thing with the turnarounds and and things like that. So, um, I don't know at this point in my life and my career and everything, I don't know if I could dedicate that, you know, like that's a, that's a big investment of your time and just your mental well being, like to put in how, how has the Academy been? Cause obviously you did, you did boot camp with, with the military. Has it been like that or has it been lighter than that? I expected it to be, so right, right, you go to basic training in the military. Then after basic training, you go to like your job specific school training, which mm-hmm. for us would be tech school. I expected the academy to be similar to tech school. And honestly, it's a lot more relaxed. Um, it's not as in your face. I think there's the biggest reason for that, in my opinion, right now is because they told us our class is super small. We only generally a class is 50. We started with 38. And they said they're having a hard time finding people. So I honestly yeah. think that I think they've relaxed because they don't want, you know, they want to draw more people in. Yeah. On the on the other end of that, the uh, the state troopers they are training in the same location we are. Dude, they're like in basic training. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, and theirs is six months long. I would not want to deal with that for six months at this point in my life. It's fun yeah. when you're like eighteen, nineteen, but right, right, exactly. And that's kind of that's another thing that I was thinking of because FHP. I feel like that's a trooper thing. Like they've got to break you down. Like, come on, bro. Um, yeah, I don't, I couldn't do that. Like I'm, you know, I'm in my thirties now. I, I don't need a grown man yelling at me like I'm a child. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that. Um, I get it. Like you said, I get it when you're like 18 or younger and, you know, cocky and full of shit, but like, come on now. 
Like I, especially now, like now that I know the job and everything, like just sign me up and let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get that in like basic training because you're not really learning a whole lot in basic training. The point is to like make you conform essentially. But it's like here, that's not really like conducive to actually learning. Like if somebody's yelling at me, you think I'm going to remember right, the law right. stuff that they're telling me? No, I need to be like, that's stressful in and of itself. I need to, yeah. which I'm glad. I'm glad that they're not, you know, up your ass 24 sevens and that they, and, and they're helpful. I mean, if you have questions, they answer your questions. They take the time out of their data to help you out. I mean, obviously yeah. there are, there are rules obviously, but of course it's, yeah, that's, so that's kind of how my police Academy was. My police Academy was ran. So Florida is weird. I still haven't figured it all out, but my police Academy was ran through the community college. So you, I didn't need a job. Like I didn't need to be hired to go to the police academy. A lot of guys were self-funded, as was I. Um, even to the point where guys were going to the police academy, they had something in their background that was going to stop them from getting hired, and they still were able to continue the police academy. Um, they had to sign a waiver saying, hey, you're probably not getting hired, but they still let them do it. But yes, my, my police academy had a much more um, college atmosphere. Like it was, mm. you know, we, we had to wear the uniform. We had to, we did a, a roll call every day where we, you know, we did the pledge and everything, but everything else was lax. Like our PT, like, do you PT every day? So the first month we only had group PT with the instructors twice a week. And after that first month, it's all on our own. I mean, they expect oh. you to work out four times a week and log it, but it's on your own. Okay. Okay. So that's even more lax than mine was because ours, you know, when I started, when I was starting the process, I was like, oh, we're going to have to run every morning, blah, 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 blah. Not the case. We we had a – everything was like a college class. Everything was done in blocks. So we did DTPT oh. in a block, in a, in a double-headed block, and that was only for a month. And then when that month was done, you'd have to run again. And it was like – and even, even when we had to run or even when we PT'd, it was either you could go run around a track or you could do CrossFit – or not CrossFit, um, P90X. That was it. That was our, that was our PT prior to the police Academy. I wasn't in the best shape. So I was like getting into good shape, um, thinking that I'd have to run every day. I was in better shape at the start of the police Academy than the end of it. Like, you know, you do your, (laughs) I did my pre police Academy, uh, fitness evaluation and then I did the post and it was worse. I was like, what just happened? Cause I was sitting in the classroom and and doing all that. What did you, what do they have you doing for PT or what what do you do on your own? Uh, well, what we were doing together, they were, the instructors would like just put on these, I don't know, I get, I wouldn't guess I wouldn't call them hit workouts, I guess calisthenic type, you know, do run here, squats, duck walk, all these crazy random things, just mm-hmm. interval type training, really. Um, honestly, now just run, uh, they, they let us count, they let us count like defensive tactics class as PT. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I wish, because they have a big ass defensive tactics room, like a huge mat room. And literally week one, I was like, hey, can can we use that room after hours for training? And they're like, nope, liability. Mm, uh Yeah, because I would be rolling every freaking day. We can use this. We can use the training tank is what they call it. It's a swimming pool. Let's be real. A weight room, uh, they got a cardio room, they got an outside track, and they got a basketball court. We can use all that stuff, but not the can't, one thing can't I want to use. Yeah, nope, yeah. Can't roll. That's crazy. That goes to like my previous conversation, like, you know, defensive tactics is so lacking and, and things. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, 
So how so when you were saying your legal class, so a lawyer taught it mm-hmm. and he wrote the test. Now for for you guys, for your standards for your tests, is it like state set standards or is it by the instructor? It's state set. Like they have a whole hell, what do they call them? I don't even know what they call them. They have like a whole organization, like a state organization that mm-hmm. you know they meet mm-hmm. every month essentially and discuss all the topics, what needs to be changed, what needs to be kept. And I mean, it's just constantly changing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that's smaller scale. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what Florida has, but like, uh, FDLE, Florida department of law enforcement has, um, I'm pretty sure all the tests throughout the Academy are written by them. And they just basically at that point, they're just proctors. They're just administering Mm -hmm. the tests, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, I feel like when you have someone who is teaching to a test you're not get, you're not learning we'll go back to talking about that like you're literally just regurgitating information so many times yeah. um i had an instructor that would read had a powerpoint but it was literally the book copy and paste it because and he would read it word for word because he said hey if you guys miss this on the test i can say that i told you exactly what was going to be on the test you just failed to take it and i was like that's it, first off, it was an abysmal learning experience because, you know, try not to fall asleep. How has how has the instruction been for you? Has it been good or kind of monotonous? Honestly, pretty good. Most of the instructors are like on their shit and they are they're really good at what they do. They're really good at keeping you engaged. Uh, so I appreciate that. But I mean, even the lawyer that runs the legal portion of the class, he's I mean, he was a college professor, too. So he's really good at speaking. Um and with the test, with his test, it's not like, it's not teaching for the test, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like the mm-hmm. test is over a hundred questions for, for example, the arrest, search and seizure test over a hundred questions. Um, and a large portion of those are not multiple choice. They are, here's a scenario. Tell me what you can and cannot do in this situation and why. And wow. it is like, it is, it's pretty intense and you make one little mistake on it and he's like, nope you're done like it's see that's beneficial because mine were 50 questions multiple choice like that that was it that was that was our test and you can only that's such a finite thing right like Mm -hmm. with an open um with an open answer question open-ended answer question you can expound on it you can explain yourself and that's what this job is this job is not just checking boxes so, yeah, you have to be able to articulate why you did what you did. And that's essentially what they're trying to simulate, I'm assuming. Yeah, that sounds at least good and progressive as opposed to just, hey, A, B, C, or D. What, <laughs> you know, you're, are you going to shoot this guy? Yes or no? Well, C. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating for sure. Have you, so what, what block are you in now? Um, well, we start next week. Well, we did, okay, so Thursday, Friday, we did investigations. Monday, we're doing some more investigation stuff. And then I think the rest of the week is uh, rifle training. So, oh, okay. So then after, after that, I, th- I think a lot of it, what we're doing is mostly like skill set, skill training days, kind of, you know, throwing us into scenarios. We got, you know, active shooter, a bunch of, a bunch of the hands on stuff. A lot of the stuff mm-hmm. we're doing now is not going to be in classroom, which is making time fly, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the high liability days and the ones where you actually get to do, good scenarios. I used to hate uh, like roll call or not roll call. Wow. Role playing with your classmates. And it's just like, no one's taking it seriously and it's awkward. Yeah. It's just hated those days. Um, 
So as somebody in the police academy right now, um, you obviously went to now, do you have a job waiting for you when you get out? Yeah. So actually I, I'll, I'll kind of explain explain what's going on in Nebraska right now with this. So a bill just passed called LB 51, which essentially uh, is changing a lot of the way that policing is working here in Nebraska. So when I got hired, I got hired a few months before I went to the Academy and was already on the road. Like they give you a badge and a gun day one and you hit the road running. Uh, I couldn't work alone. I was with an FTO. Okay. Um, So LB 51 is they were going to completely get rid of that, but what they, they kind of met in the middle and they said, okay, if you're going to have people work the road before the academy, they have to essentially do a mini academy. They have to have like an eight hour firearms course, uh, eight hour DT course, uh, a mini law course, which you're like local, uh, I guess local attorneys have to host that for you. I, they still haven't really figured out how it's all going to work. But other than that, it's changed a lot of other stuff, a lot of what you can and can't do with DT, a lot of what you can and can't do. It's just, it's a huge bill that covers a lot of areas, but essentially I was kind of grandfathered into that. But from now on out, uh, here on out, like it's, the issue is I understand why they're doing it, right? Because it is kind of a liability to have somebody who doesn't want to do it on the road, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of tiny little agencies out here that have trouble getting people. So if you're like, Hey, we can hire this person, but they have to wait a year to go to the Academy. Well, that person is just going to say, fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm not going there. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're never going to find somebody to fill that spot. And it's going to kill these smaller agencies. They're going to get absorbed into probably bigger agencies. And, um, I guess it's unfortunate, but I I understand the bill and I understand where they're coming from. So I think I kind of got off topic there. (laughs) No, no, that's fine. So, um, what I was going to say as someone in your position, what would you say to someone starting someone about to start the Academy, someone who's in the hiring process or about to start the hiring process? What are some things that you would say to them? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're thinking about joining law enforcement um, and I know today's like a crazy time and stuff, and that's kind of pushing a lot of people away from it. But if it's what you want to do, honestly, just go for it. I would say if you're looking at where to get hired, Go to multiple places and do ride-alongs with multiple offices and multiple agencies and and honestly do ride-alongs with more than one person from each office so you can get different perspectives on on that office because it's it's just as much about where you work. Like if you're compatible for you where you work as it is for the person hiring you, are you compatible for them and are they compatible for you? It's a it's a two-way street. You know, mm-hmm, it's you're not mm-hmm. you're not everybody's gonna be happy everywhere they go. So do your research. And if you're getting ready to go to the Academy, honestly, I wish I would have prepared ahead. I wish I would have uh, studied some of the legal stuff I had got with some people and like looked into like, Hey, what I should actually expect. Uh, I think that's, that would be very beneficial. Something I didn't do that I should have, but don't let it discourage you. Go for yeah. it. If you want to do it, go for it. I I was thinking when you were saying about how they're having trouble filling the seats in your police Academy and I'm sure, you know, I haven't been to my police academy to check, but I know just from my own agency and, you know, the hiring pool that we have or have not, I should say, it, it is hard. And I, I wonder if they are either, A, lowering the standards to get people in, uh, you know, lowering what they're doing, making it less paramilitary. <clears throat> like my agency or my police academy, like I said, wasn't super in your face. It was like a college class. 
and I wish it was a little bit more disciplined. I wish I almost mm. I, I wish we did have the running every day or something like that because yes, the book stuff was covered and I I, I felt prepared to get out of the from the academy knowledge wise, but there were so many other things that I didn't have because I didn't mm. unlike you, I didn't come from the military. I came from the civilian world. Um, I would have liked more, you know, stuff like that. So I wonder what the impact will be if, you know, your, your Academy, you said, you know, they're, they're kind of scaling things a little bit back because they're having trouble filling the seas. I wonder what the impact will be to the police officers that they roll out onto the streets. If there is going to be a difference or. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the idea of like, Hey, making it easier so we can get people in at all. And I actually had this conversation with my wife because, you know, I bitch, you know, to my wife and I'm Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, this shit's hard. I'm struggling with this test. I got to study all weekend, uh, this, that, and the other. And she's like, I don't understand if they're having trouble, you know, doing this. Why, why don't they make it a little easier? Cause if they need cop, I'm like, you can't, when it comes right. to like, when it comes to violating people's rights, you can't make it easier. Like that's cause if you do that, you're done forever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you have to, I mean, you have to make it hard and understandably. Right. You know? Sure. I just wonder if like the, hiring standards have dropped at all you know like Mm. i know like okay six years ago when i got hired and you put that there was a there was a lady that i got i was getting hired with she's through the process and she put on the thing oh i smoke weed or i have smoked Mm. weed in the past and the 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 background investigator was like all right well how much and she's like oh i don't know a lot and he's like put a number to it she's like i don't know a lot and he's like put a number she's like i don't know like a thousand times and he's like Wrong number, you're out. Like, too high. But now, you know, like, in a year, weed will have been at least recreational or medicinal in some form locally or or throughout the country, really. So that's not going to be a question anymore. Like, it can't be. Mm. Or it can't be a disqualifier if you say, oh, well, I, you know, I did it on a a regular basis. How can that be a, you know, because it's going to be the norm. It's going to be a social norm. So my question and I don't expect you to have the answer, but you know, what else are they going to take away? What else are they going to like lax? You know, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about like, yeah, where, where yeah, do we go? I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, are they going to lax the PT standards? I mean, the PT standards aren't that difficult to begin with really. No. I mean, uh, I don't know what else there is really to take, take. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of it is up to, is up to the, each individual office. I mean, mm-hmm, the academy mm-hmm. has a little bit of say, but right, right. That's up to I don't what know. the office wants. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's society and like the American community is just in a weird spot right now. I think, and you know, law enforcement naturally is reactive. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just curious, and is this highly like just philosophical because like we're not going to have an answer but i'm I'm curious how we're going to react to that because you know like in in five years what are we going to look back at last summer and how you know how is that going to affect law enforcement going forward and i don't know there's just a whole lot of what ifs and question marks and yeah i'm just i'm glad i'm not an administrator i can tell you that because trying to like Cause that's one of the things like the standards that I got hired with. And even probably before I got hired with, those are some of the things like the way we always done thing. 
I'm okay with that. Like, yes, let's keep the standards high. Let's keep, let's hold the people that want to be police officers to a higher standard, but then to what bounds. And then Mm -hmm. if if you have too many people, like I know for a while, uh, like six, seven years ago, just kind of goofing around, I looked into the CIA and one of the things was you could have never downloaded anything on the internet, like, like BitTorrent or something like that. And I'm like, exactly. It's like, that's not even possible. Everyone downloaded something. So, you know, I'm just, I'm curious how that's going to be affected going forward. I think about this stuff all the time, man. And it's like one of those things where I can read every book in the world and you're never going to have the answer because you can't uh-huh. predict the future. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't know what to expect in this career field. And it's just one of those things right now where it's, oh, they need less money, but more training. Well, where where in your yeah, mind do yeah, you see yeah, that adding up? Coming from? You know? Yeah, exactly. I just don't. And, I you know, know. I ob- obviously I have high hopes or I wouldn't be in the police academy right now. Oh, for sure, so for I, sure. I try and stay... I wouldn't even consider myself an optimist. Honestly, I think I'm a realist and I think the reality is this career field's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's going through changes for sure, but it's not going Mm. anywhere. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's very well said. I think that's something that we all need to just like calm down about. Like (laughs) defunding obviously didn't work. You can see that by all the numbers across the country, you know, crime rates going up. So there's going to be changes coming. Absolutely. Um, Everyone's like, oh, they're just going to get rid of the law enforcement. There's no such thing. There's no way. I mean, th- we're not going to be an an uh, anarchist society. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Um, but yeah, exactly. You need to be ready to accept change and whatever. And what I always say is like, if the change isn't for you, then go find something else. Um, but yes, you know, you're – and I like your perspective of being brand new because – you know, you're, you're coming on amidst all this change, but yet you're still going, nope, I'm good. Let's go. Let's do it. What, what has, so, you know, last summer, everything that was going on into now, did that change your mind at all? No, or, honestly, or make not you at question all. It? No? I mean, not really that with that regard. I, it made, it made me question more so where I want to work, not what mm. I want to do, but where I want to do it. Um, so that was something that I took into consideration. Like I had to draw lines of, I'm not going to work in this area. I'm not going to mm-hmm. work for this, this specific agency. Um, Cause I mean, I was job hunting for a while, man. I was, I was, I was in it while I was in school. I was, you know, looking around trying to see what I wanted to do, where I wanted to do it. Um, and I settled for, you know, not the highest paying job that I could have had, but I think I found a very good office. Uh, I found an area that I actually want to work in and enjoy working mm-hmm. in. And so far I really like the people I'm working for. So, um, and that kind of takes me back to, Hey, do your research on where you want to work. Cause I did a, yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And- yep. And, I mean, that's, that's very true. Um, that was something that kind of came to my mind last year too, was like, you know, you see, you start to see different communities in different lights. Um, you know, the big paycheck's really nice, but what is the community like? What is, what What would your leadership be like? What would things from the top down? And, you know, when you look at like a big city, um, you know, you probably won't interact with your chief on a daily basis or something, but mm-hmm. a, is that something you want? Because if you know the chief personally, that might actually help in the long run, you know, like if, if it's, you know, cause if you have a face to face meeting with your chief, you know, you see him in the hallway and it's not just like a number, uh, 
you know, it, it makes a different connection. You have a different thing. At least that's that's my take. You know, guys working for like NYPD and huge agencies like that. You're a number. Right. Yeah. But maybe maybe they don't mind that. Maybe they're good with mm -hmm. that. Because I know mm -hmm. for them, I've talked to a couple of them like, you know, you're sergeant. That's it. Like you don't care about anything above that as long as in your precinct or your your squad, as long as that's taken care of, you don't care about anything else going on in the agency because you just can't. There's no way that you can care about that. Whereas my agency's I guess medium size and but we know mm -hmm. everything that's going on with the whole agency. So it's different perspectives that kind of hard for me to grasp just because, you know, thinking locally being an officer in like Miami or Orlando, like I just couldn't fathom it. There's just too many people. And I don't, I don't know the agency you work for. Where is it kind of scale at? Is it's, it like it's big... as far as Nebraska is concerned, it's a medium agency, obviously every state, you know, yeah, Nebraska, sure. the biggest city in Nebraska is Omaha. And that's compared to like Chicago, nothing, but so for Nebraska, it's a medium sized agency. It falls kind of right in the middle. So we get, you know, the best of both worlds. I came I came out of the Air Force not wanting to to be a number anymore. You know, I wanted to be a person with, where mm -hmm. I worked and not mm -hmm. like expendable essentially. So that's sure. That's kind of where I was, you know. Did you want to go into law enforcement straight out of the military? Or did you um, think of other things? Honestly, like so when I joined the Air Force, man, I had no like no real intentions of being a cop or whatever. I just kind of was like, I honestly, there was no rhyme or reason why I even joined the Air Force over any other branch, but I uh, ended up doing it. I didn't particularly enjoy the Air Force. I did enjoy the job, though, which is why I wanted to get out and do it mm. on the civilian side. And frankly, I mean, once I did six years there, I worked a couple years with the marshals, got a degree in investigations. I'm like, <laughs> my skill set is not like tailored for anything else. So yeah why you know and i couldn't see myself doing anything else honestly and i know that sounds one of the cliche answers why why uh -huh. you be a cop oh i don't know what else there's nothing else i could ever see myself doing but that's the truth of the matter yeah. I think, for a lot of people yeah and i i talked about it last week um because like yeah you get you get frustrated with the job you get frustrated with the way things are going in the world and could i go work in a brewery and 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 <laughs> Year 10? Absolutely. But would I be sick of it in a week? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I've worked a myriad of jobs up to this point and never really found what I wanted. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, you get a paycheck and I've worked some decent paying jobs, but there was no fulfillment in it. It was literally just going in, punching the clock, doing busy work and going home. That was it. And now law enforcement, you know, it's different every day but the same, you know, whatever. But I, I agree. I agree with what you said. And I think that the, the people in this profession and especially the ones that like want to get out, but don't, it's because of that. Like they, they don't get, they wouldn't get, they think or know that they wouldn't get fulfillment anywhere else in a different job or a different thing. And I've seen, I've seen personally guys retire from law enforcement, try the civilian side and then come back. You know, or they, mm -hmm. they apply somewhere else. And it's like, I used to like give them a hard time. Like, oh, you can't get away from it. But it's like, no, you can't. Like, yeah, you really can't. especially when you're still like young and able-bodied and, you know, why not? So they go to somewhere smaller, you know, it's where the, the workload isn't as intense. And I don't, I don't give them shit anymore because I get it. Like I, I would be in the exact same boat if I was in their shoes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I've seen people leave leave places that you know have 
you know, action, I guess, if you want to call it that, that's more fun, more stuff, but they did that for long enough. Uh, and then they get picked up by a smaller agency that pays more money, but they also don't have to do as much work. And they're just like, yeah, I'd rather do that because yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm at that point in my career where I'll take the money over the, the, the glory, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you still sticking up or sticking up? Are you still sticking with like jujitsu while you're away at the Academy or is that kind of on the hold till you're done? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of pretty much been on the hold. Um, I made it in like once, but it's, it's kind of on the hold for now. I mean, obviously I can't travel back and forth and yeah, what little yeah. time I am here. So I ended up pausing my membership just cause save a little money if I'm not going, you know, but yeah, definitely yeah. once I'm, once I'm back right back into it, man. going right back to it. Yeah. I, we were just talking before we press record that I had to miss training because of work. And I was so, I had my, like all night, all night at work. I was so excited to, to go train this morning. And then when I had to change my mind, I was like, ah, like that was, I think that was more frustrating than having, than being woken up like fresh, <laughs> like going to sleep. I was like, yeah, it sucks being woken up, but it really sucks that now I have to sacrifice doing something I enjoy for. Well, this. especially like once you get into the habit of like training and stuff, and then you don't get to go, like you miss a day. You're like, oh, I just don't even feel good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I've been trying to do like on my, on days I don't go to the mats, I'll go to the gym. And today I'm doing neither of them because I just didn't have time mm. to do it. So mm. it's just, it's just frustrating, man. This has been a really, really great conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed kind of uh, opening Pandora's box about like what, you know, policing is and going to be philosophically and then you know using your your book learning to kind of go through with it i really appreciate your time we're going to wrap up though um with so it was signal three for the longest time i've renamed it it's signal 15 now it doesn't mean anything it just means it's 15 questions um okay. so <laughs> all right so the first batch is uh going to be overrated underrated i'm going to give you something and you tell me if it's overrated underrated or accurately rated okay okay uh work and night shift Mm, I think it's accurately rated. I think it's it's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Um, it is what it is. If you want to do it, exactly. Uh, what about Crown Vicks? Ooh, I think they're overrated now. Thank you. Finally, I have Someone's... to say it because I just had Evoc, man. I just had Evoc, so I drove the Explorers, the Chargers, and the Crown Vicks. And dude, mm -hmm. they're dated, man. Let's move forward. Mm -hmm. I heard they said in, in briefing the other day that they're coming out with a EcoBoost Crown Vic. I don't know if it's true. I don't know, but I could just imagine like, well, most places don't chase anymore, but imagine chasing something and your thing runs out of battery power. It's like, shit, like, what am I doing now? <laughs> um, what about working overtime? Mm, I think that's evenly rated. I mean, that's, that's all in the individual. If you want to do it, do it. I, I don't, I think, uh, I think mandatory overtime is overrated. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that, that, uh, meme with the penguin, like, well, now I don't want to do it. Like, don't make me do things. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll work, but don't make me. <laughs> uh, what about s'mores? Uh, underrated. Okay. Uh, going to see a movie. Underrated. Love going to see movies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I actually went to the theater and saw a movie. I can't even. It was probably it was a superhero movie. I just I don't know which one. It was, it was like a year or two ago. We just right. went. We saw Quiet Place too. How was that? Not as good as the first one. I'd wait till it's out. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So our next five questions is going to be this or that. I'm going to give you something. You tell me if which one you like. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Easily. Uh, coffee or energy drinks? Coffee, for sure. Uh, patrol or specialized units? 
Uh, you know, I I, I want to say patrol just because for now, you know, I'm new. Mm-hmm. I got to get the experience. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. see, and we could we could do another thirty minutes on this topic, but <laughs> there's so many people that they get they're not even out of field training yet, and they're like. Hey man, I, I want to go work for Narcs. I want to go be a SWAT member. Like, hold on, bro. Like, learn to walk before you can run. Like, it's great to yeah. have that ambition, but hold on, Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Like, chill. Bro. I mean, I, I've been in the game long enough to know what I don't know, and uh, as far as the civilian side goes, I don't know a lot of things. So. Mm, very true. Well put. Uh, burgers or tacos? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go burgers. Okay. Okay. Um, both are kind of very similar, right? Because they they're kind of clean slates. Like whatever you put on them makes it mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This one I, I like. This one, ride in the train, dance in the rain, or feel no pain. Uh, let's see. I want to ride in the train. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the final five are going to be from the original Signal Three. Uh, what is your dream vacation destination? Ooh, huh? That's a tough one. Anywhere in the tropics, really, or Ireland. I want to go to Ireland. Okay. That's a, that's a, a common one. A lot of guys are saying that, uh, yeah. what's your favorite donut type? Blueberry, blueberry donuts. Love them. Okay. Blueberry, like the blueberry, like cake, right? Like the kind of, yeah, the blueberry cake with like the clear icing over it. It's got the yes. actual blueberries. In those, those are sleepers, man. Like I'm <laughs> people, people will sleep on those and then you eat them. And it's like, man, this is like the right amount of blueberry. Like it's sweet. Mm-hmm. But it's not, yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. Whenever I get like the munchkins from Dunkin', those are always my favorite. I always scope those out, which is weird because I'm not a huge like blueberry guy, like the fruit. But mm-hmm. when it's when it's mixed into like a donut, man, it, it comes to Same. life. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> walking into the biggest moment of your life, what's your walk-on song? Ooh, God, that's a hard one because I, I <laughs> it changes all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I That's something I'm going to have to take a rain check on that one. Because I'm going to sit here for the next 20 minutes thinking about the perfect song. (laughs) All right. All right. Just let me know. Let me know. Uh, What's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Uh, Well, uh, the piece of advice that always comes to mind is what my grandfather has told me my entire childhood growing up is that if you don't love yourself, how can you expect other people to love you? Yep. My mom used to tell me that all the time, too. That's a good one. And the last question that I have for you today, sir, is if you could share a meal with one person dead or alive that you never met, who would it be and what would you order? Hmm. I don't know. I might just take it way back in time and sit down with Marcus Aurelius if I had right. a translator. Yes. And yes. Uh, what would I order? Uh, honestly, probably like a like elk steak or something. Oh, Something okay. just real earthy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, he probably ate like figs and something that was like super Roman back in the day. Yeah, I'm trying to think like fish maybe. I don't know. Yeah, probably a lot of fish. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. That that was this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. If people want to check out your page or your podcast, how do they find you? Where is it? What can they do? Yeah, I'm uh, mostly on Instagram. It's at Books Behind the Badge. Uh, that's where you're going to see all my book reviews, all the new books I've got, uh, any book promotions. And I do giveaways quite frequently. So if you want to snag a free book, that would be where you would do it. Uh, you can also check me out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. And that is same thing. Books Behind the Badge, that is my podcast. It is not just for readers or just for first responders. I have a little bit of something for everybody on there. So if you're interested, give it a look. 
Awesome. Brady Tucker, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, this is your day and a half of free time and I, I'm appreciative that you gave it to me. Um, Hey man, enjoy the Academy and, uh, be safe out there. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on brother. Take it easy. No, no problem, man. We'll talk to you later. I am back once again. Thank you to Brady Tucker for the interview, the information and the conversation. Again, if you guys want to check out books behind the badge and check out some uh, amazing books, check them out on Instagram. And of course he's got his podcast, which yours truly appeared on uh, several months ago. So you definitely want to check it out. Like I said, guys, it's been a very tough week. Actually, it's been a very tough two days for me. Uh, it's not going to get easier anytime soon. So I really don't have a lot to contribute today. Uh, I just want to get this out to you guys. It was a great conversation. I definitely want to continue to pass it on. So that's what, that's what you guys get. Today's episode is seriously the interview, the conversation, and that's really it. Um, what I do want to say a couple things in closing, uh, the court decision that I was talking about where they said that police work is, uh, rapidly evolving and ever-changing that's graham versus connor talking about objective reasonableness and uh, use of force and things like that and which is pretty ironic considering what's going on in uh in my world um all i just want to say is guys there's a lot i could say but i'm not going to it's not my place but what i do want to say is keep an eye out on your people at work and at home you know use the resources that you have available to you in every single sense of that word at work off-duty, law enforcement-related, mental health-related. We always talk about putting tools in our toolbox, tools on our tool belt, whatever. Uh, metaphorically, that's great, but you need to actually use those tools, um, again, at work and off-duty. Um, if you love someone, hug them, tell them it. If you get a chance to see somebody that you haven't seen in a while, go see them. Don't take a single moment for granted. I know I always talk about memento mori. Um, I wear that pendant around my neck daily um i also have a poster little like message board on my wall in my apartment that says what if today was the last day you lived um which is i took that idea from a gary v video i watched a couple months ago guys you only get one chance to live life to love life to love the people around you um don't squander it don't hold grudges be the bigger person and squash it you never know never know what's going to happen uh, within the next seconds, minutes, hours. So don't live a life of regret. Cherish every moment. Cherish everyone around you. It's okay not to like somebody. I'm not saying go, you know, sing Kumbaya, but 
you know, the, the people that are important to you, let them know, let them know often. And, uh, yeah, it's very important. Finally, the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to go because it's three o'clock in the morning and I need some sleep. You know, Brady and I talked about people joining the police force amid everything that's going on. And I got to be honest, the past couple of days, I've been talking to myself about, is it worth it? And I know I talked about it in the conversation, but the conversation happened several days ago, uh, uh, last Saturday, this past Saturday, June 19th, lots of, lots has changed. And it, you know, yeah, I've had that conversation with myself the past few days going, is it worth it? And I was driving home tonight and I thought of this quote from Batman versus Superman. I'm going to play to close the, the episode. We don't own, owe these people anything. If you want to be the hero, if you want to be the guardian, good. Do it for you. But you don't owe these people anything. Because the moment the chips are down, they are going to cast you out like a leper. That's a quote from The Dark Knight. And it's true. We can love our community. We can love to serve the community. But at the end of the day, to serve is a personal decision. Don't think that you owe the community anything. Okay, If you want to give the community, that's great. You need to keep yourself and your family first because when the chips are down, you're the only one that's going to have your back. Your your department, your brothers and sisters, they'll help you too. Trust me. But at the end of the day, you have to go home to your family and you need to make sure that you're safe. So just think about that, guys. That's really all I have. I've got a lot on my mind, a lot on the plate. I don't know who's going to be on our episode next week. I got a, I've got three or two now episodes in the hopper. One's a leadership panel discussion. One is the conversation with Grady Judd. I just need to figure out what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to have one in between that, but I will let you guys know. Keep tuned to the Instagram and we'll figure it out. The music today, we had the 59 sound by the Gaslight Anthem. We had Cut the Cord by Shinedown. We had 96 Quite Bitter Beings by CKY. And we're going to end it with This Love Can Save Us All by Patent Pending. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Share, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you can do. Let's get this message out there. And we will see you next week. So take care of each other. Stay safe. 10-8, out. People hate what they don't understand. But they see what you do, and they know who you are. You're not a killer, a threat. I never wanted this world to have you. Be their hero, Clark. Be their monument, be their angel. Be anything they need you to be. Or be none of it. You don't owe this world a thing. You never did. 